time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome back to the Vintage Truth Podcast. It's 2018. This is the first podcast of the 2018 podcast season for me, and it's episode number 33 overall. So if you want to catch up or listen to some past podcasts, I know a lot of people listen to them while they're driving and they're catching up on things or while they're in the kitchen, making dinner or whatever. But anyway, just whenever you get a chance, uh, take a listen. And I want to start 2018 by really helping us recalibrate our minds because, you know, a lot of people in uh, the beginning of a year, they make New Year's resolutions, uh, which are typically broken. And uh, some people that goals for the year, I've got some goals for this year. I think it's healthy to set goals if you aim at something and you want to and you take the right steps to get there then hey you can accomplish your goals and that's a great thing but I think it's important for us as believers to also really just kind of reboot you know every time every now and then you have to restart your phone restart your computer I think it's important for us to recalibrate our minds and to make sure that we are synced up with God's word and with what God says uh, our lives ought to be like and I was thinking this morning uh, during church uh, about just this whole idea because we're talking about some doctrinal things at church and just about, you know, why Christians believe what they believe. And, uh, and I know so many Christians that if you were to ask them specific questions about what they believe, they could give you sort of generalities. But when it gets down to specifics, uh, they kind of get a little bit stuck. And so, you know, some questions I came up with was, number one, do you believe? I mean, are you a believer? That's the first thing. And the second question really is, upon what do you base your beliefs? I mean, what is your your belief system based in? Uh, is it a believe, do you believe in, in, in God? Do you believe in the Bible? Do you believe in Jesus? All these things because you it feels good to you? I mean, some of us were just raised in traditions that, that promoted Christianity. I was not one of them. Uh, it came later on in my teenage years. But a lot of people were just raised in a Christian environment. You went to a Christian school. Maybe you went to a Christian college. Now you go to a Christian church. It's just a pattern of your life. It, it may or may not be the fabric of your life, but it's the pattern of your life. And so you're just sort of following along with what you've always been taught. Not that that's been wrong or anything. It's just that every now and then you need to ask yourself, well, wait a minute, why am I on this path? So do you believe what you believe because it feels good? Or maybe because it fits your preferences and opinions. Maybe what the Bible says about certain things or, or certain values in life, you happen to believe those values, so the Bible kind of sinks in with you. And so you're like, hey, I like the Bible. I like Jesus. I like God because they believe what I believe. Or is there another reason for your faith? You know, it's very important for us to know what we believe and why we believe. You know, the spirit of this age that we live in the really the prevailing thought is one where individuals now can simply craft their own truth world you can just make your own truth up one that that fits you and fits your perception of reality that's what virtually everybody's doing out there in the world they're doing it in, in the mainstream media uh, they're doing it on college campuses they're doing it in the marketplace they're doing it on, on social media they're just crafting their own world, making their gods. They're just little gods making up their own stuff 
to fit what they want. And it may or may not be consistent along the way, but it fits them, right? Well, you know, sometimes Christians do the same thing, is we want to craft God into an image that fits our preconceptions of him. And a preconception is just something that you already believe to be true. And so you just fit God into your mold. And when it comes to places where God just doesn't seem to fit, what do you do? We have to redefine God. You have to reimagine God. You have to tell a new story about God. And you become what I call, what my wife and I call, shack Christians. I'm going to do a whole episode, a whole podcast on the book, The Shack. And there's a whole generation, millions of shack Christians that have this syrupy, emotionally based view of God. And they think God is someone that just fits into their preconceived ideas about what God should be like, regardless of what the Bible says. So something in a book like The Shack contradicts directly what the Bible says. Well, you know, that's okay. Because it's a good story, right? It made me feel good. In fact, I cried. So therefore, it has to be truth, right? It has to be good. I'll do a whole other episode on that. But a lot of people are shack Christians. They have no doctrinal foundation. You say, wait a minute. You said doctrinal. What does that mean? Go to the doctor? No. Doctrinal just means teaching. It means the truth that comes from God's word. And today because we're functioning practically like little gods, we don't like for the God to tell us what to believe. I mean, that's like the ultimate insult, isn't it? How dare he? How dare God play God? You know what I'm saying? This is what Titus 2.1 says. Titus 2.1 says, As for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. And sometimes in our lives, sound doctrine just sort of messes things up for us. It gets in the way of our plan for our lives. So let me just ask you this question. When it comes to believing what the Bible says, let me ask you this. Do you believe the Bible or do you believe the things that you believe because of the following reasons? One, my my parents taught it to me. Maybe, Maybe good, maybe bad, who knows? It's what my pastor believes. Or I believe this because I read it in a Christian book. Or a famous Christian celebrity said it. Or some celebrity pastor with hip jeans and nice big glasses. And he had a tattoo as well. So he has to be cool, right? Or maybe it just feels right. Something just resonates with you when you hear this truth spoken. Maybe it's something you've always believed. That's why you still believe it. Maybe it gives you comfort to believe certain things. Maybe you believe what you believe because it makes you happy. Maybe it makes you feel more inclusive in a group. Maybe you can't imagine God behaving any other way, and so you, in your mind, have God behaving this way. Maybe you seriously studied what you believe, and that's why you believe it. And maybe you found it in the Bible. So there are lots of reasons why people believe what they believe. Now, what we want to talk about today, just a couple minutes, is the kind of faith that God wants us to have is a faith that interacts with our mind, and then it gives us an opportunity 
to interact with our volition or our, our choosing. We get to choose to believe something. I mean, just because we hear the truth of God doesn't necessarily mean we're going to believe it or choose to follow it, although God wants us to do that, because some of God's truth really is kind of contradictory to humanity. It just doesn't seem to fit, you know. We don't like the way God does things sometimes. So we need to have a faith that comes from the Scripture, that the kind of faith that gives us a discernment that helps us navigate this confusing, contradictory world that we live in. So, Jeff, what does it really matter? You know, someone said to me one time, well, you know, if, it, if someone tells a story or they make up something out of the Bible or if they use something that is sort of the Bible, but whatever, and, and it makes people feel good and it makes people want to love God, what's the harm in it? You know, well, let's talk about that. You know, there are a lot of people today that don't believe that the Bible is still relevant for our lives. And I'm talking about evangelical leaders. Now, they'll use the Bible when it's convenient for them, but if you hand them the whole Bible, all 66 books, they'll look at you and say, well, you know, some of this stuff is kind of like, eh, I don't know if it's really good for the day. I mean, we, we've changed, we've evolved, we've become more developed as a human race, and we don't really need some of these repressive values and morals and stuff, right? And it speaks to everything in terms of uh, gender and, and creation, where we came from, or marriage, or, you know, the role of women, or what is a woman, <laughs> what is a man, homosexuality, all, lesbianism, all these things. You know, people today are really selective about what parts of the Bible they accept as historical, true, and relevant, and even necessary for life in the 21st century. I mean, when I went to seminary, uh, back in the Stone Ages, dinosaurs were roaming the earth, oil was bubbling up out of the ground, that kind of time, right? When I went to seminary, the reason I went to Dallas Theological Seminary is because they not only believed the Bible, but they taught it verse by verse. They taught me every single book of the Bible, all 66 books. They taught me Greek. They taught me Hebrew. They taught me systematic theology. They taught me historical theology. They taught me how to parse sentences and how to understand the Bible. They taught me customs of the Bible. They taught me Trinitarianism and Bibliology and all these different doctrines that I was taught. And the reason I went to Dallas Seminary was because of that, because of some of the giants of the faith that had gone there ahead of me. But watch this. The reason I, I rejected other seminaries was because at that time, some of the major seminaries in our country were simply leaving out parts of the Bible. They were saying, well, not all of the Bible is inspired. And this is from like the presidents of the seminary at the time. And I thought, well, what, what's the point? What's the point of being a pastor? What's the point of being a Christian leader? <laughs> and you're telling people to believe in a Bible that you don't even believe all of it, you know? That's just ridiculous. It's so hypocritical. So that's why one of the reasons why I went to Dallas Seminary. But there are people today, even in mainline denominations, that are choosing to go with just sort of the basics of the faith. You know, let's just let's just keep it simple with Jesus and die on the cross for our sins and believe in him, you go to heaven. And really, anything else outside of that is really kind of negotiable. It's kind of up for grabs. That's sort of the spirit, right? And so they ignore, they dismiss, or, or even outright deny some of the rest of God's word as being sort of optional because it's no longer popular. I remember hearing um, 
uh, former pastor Rob Bell, who was pastor of this megachurch, he made these these really hipster videos and stuff, and he became this this guru for a generation. And he suggested that the Bible was irrelevant to today's culture. He said, you know, you can't you can't rely on on two thousand year old letters to guide your life. It's like, dude, what God are you talking about then? I mean, where's the God in your life? that you tell people about. If, you, if you're going to tell people about God, you got to have a source for him. And if you can't trust all the Bible, you can't trust any of it because maybe the part that you believe about Jesus, resurrection, the cross, maybe that's been made up too. If the rest of it's made up or if it's no longer relevant, how come you get to choose what's relevant for today and God doesn't? So it's either all good for us or it's not, right? The Bible, all the Bible has a purpose. And... Um, when you study it, you figure that out. And so you have people like Rob Bell. Also, there, a lot of Christianized millennials are leaning towards a figurative rather than a literal understanding of the Bible. So, you know, things are just sort of symbolic. So you have to ask yourself, the content of my faith, what, what difference does that make? Does it really matter? And is there really only one faith? Or are there many faiths even within the Christian faith? Those are important questions. Now, one way to address this whole issue is to remember that, that truth doesn't exist in a vacuum. We live in a world where there is both good and evil. There's virtue, there's vice. There's a God and there's a devil. Now, they're not equally powerful, okay? that The whole Star Wars thing is not true. There's not like the good force and the bad force, all this stuff. You know, no, it's not a force. It's a personal being. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And he's infinitely more powerful than the devil. I'm going to do another whole series on the devil here coming up this year. Okay, stay with me. So there's actual God, actual devil. There's an actual sinful nature that lives inside each of us that resists God and rebels against him. There's Satan, and there's a planet that's saturated with sin. And that's the environment you and I live in. So what's in the air out there? Well, there's lies about God lies about humanity, happiness, and the afterlife. How are you supposed to know what is true about the afterlife? Let me ask you that question. Where do you go to find out what's waiting for us on the other side? You know where millions and millions of American Christians go? They go to the fabricated, made-up story of a little boy who thinks he went to heaven. That's where millions of Americans go. That's where those shack Christians go. They're the snowflake Christians. They're the ones who don't have any idea how to back up what they believe. And so they find some story that's going to make them cry, and they base their doctrine on the afterlife based upon some kid who said he saw Satan in heaven who had moldy teeth or Jesus riding a rainbow pony. Are you kidding me? That's what you're basing your eternity on? Some stupid kid? That's ridiculous. And one of these kids who had this dream has now come out and said, ah, I made it up. I made it up because, well, you know, I, was, I needed some attention at the time and that kind of thing. Meanwhile, the other kid, whether he made it up, whether he thinks it happened, regardless, he's laughing all the way to the bank with a lie that a lot of Christians swallowed. So what do you believe about the afterlife? And how do you know it's true? Well, this kid says, I've been there. That's how I know it's true. Guess what? I haven't been there. 
I have a whole chapter in my book, uh, Wake the Bride, called Heaven is Real, but you've never been there. There's a lot more about heaven in the Bible that you can say 100% sure this is what heaven is like because the Bible tells me here. I don't have to believe somebody else who says they've been there. I can believe what the Bible says. How crazy is that? How about theories of origins that are birthed in darkened minds and intellects void of, devoid of truth or the unwillingness to entertain truth? Where did you come from? Where did humanity come from? What do you base your belief about the origin of mankind on? Does that even matter? Does it really matter? It does matter. Because if Genesis 1 is not right, then Genesis 2 can't be right, and you have no idea if Genesis 3 is right or if Revelation 22 is right. So if it's not right in Genesis 1, then Revelation 22 is up for grabs. And so are the Gospels. How about lies about what we do as human beings? How about lies about who we are as human beings? What am I? How can we define what a man is, what a woman is, what they're supposed to be? How can we figure out how many genders there are? I can tell you, go to the Bible. Because the God who made us will tell us that. We don't need popular culture to tell us how many genders there are. Because it's in the Bible. But you have to base your belief on something, right? How about purposeful deceptions about the, just the collective consciousness of where humanity is going? Where is humanity going? I read today that the CDC, the Centers for Disease and Control, have issued a, a basically a paper saying that we as, uh, as Americans need to be prepared for a nuclear attack. That's, that's the next thing they want us to get prepared for is a nuclear attack. When's the last time in your lifetime you heard a major organization like this say we need to prepare for a nuclear attack? You know why? Because it can happen. That's why. That's why it can happen. What do you believe what's going to happen in the future? We could be attacked. It's possible. Yes, it sure it is. But there are things in the Bible that tell you for sure this will happen in planet, on planet Earth before Jesus Christ returns. So those are some of the things you have to ask yourself. Why do I believe what I believe? So, hey, admittedly, here's the deal. Breathing in the atmosphere that you and I breathe in on a daily basis, I'm talking about just the spirit of the age, sometimes makes it difficult to distinguish between truth, half-truths, and just the full-blown lies. Because they slip it in. You know, it's like these these websites they have this clickbait thing it's like hey you won't believe what the actresses from this show look like now all these years like so you click on that or you click on you know some clickbait deal and you know 75 pages later you find the thing that they actually advertise for you know what they do in these in these websites is they put a, enough truth in there that really gets you hooked that's why it's called bait, right? And there's so many things out there in the world that may have a, a kernel of truth, a worm of truth, but the rest of it is just, it's just lies. It's lies. How are you supposed to distinguish between the lies and the half lies? How can you tell the difference between the authentic $20 bill and a counterfeit? 
Can you do that? Hey, that's why God says you are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what safely maneuvers us through this minefield. So you say, well, then why? Why is, why is it so important that I do that? Why is sound doctrine so incredibly important? And what does it do for me? Well, I got news for you. That's exactly what I'm going to tell you this coming Friday morning on the Vintage Truth Podcast. I hope you join me. We're going to lay down some really solid truth for you, something you can sink your teeth into, spiritual meat and potatoes. Hey, I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com. Hey, this is Jeff Kinley. Listen, if you are enjoying these podcasts, let me ask you to do a couple of things for me. Number one, would you just share them with a friend? Just tell a friend about them, maybe tweet about them, post it on Facebook, maybe just send a text message and say, hey, I'm listening to some really cool truth podcasts here I want to tell you about. Would you do that for me? And then secondly, would you subscribe to this podcast? Wherever you're listening to this thing, on, just click on the subscribe button and you'll get updates on when the next podcast is coming out. Hey, appreciate you guys. God bless.